At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome to it, folks. It is time to start up another edition of Rush Hour, as always, presented by Bet Rivers. And as always, I'm Danny Burke, your host, broadcasting live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook right here in Des Plaines, Illinois, with tons to talk about throughout the next 60 minutes. Let me tell you what we got dialed up to kick things off. We'll get you the latest news throughout the NFL with Deshaun Watson, him being suspended six games. I'll give you an update on the win total for the Browns at Bet Rivers and just spend a little bit of time on that and see how that has affected the betting markets. And once we move past that, we'll get into what we really want to focus in on the top of the segment, which is going to be our best bet tonight. We've got one dime in Major League Baseball. And I'll tell you what game that is, but you're just going to have to hold on because let me tell you what else we got running tonight. In 15 minutes, Mike Palm, co-host of Odds On, is going to be hitting some baseball and anything else really that's making the top of his best bets. 30 minutes from now, VEASAN's betting analyst Adam Burke will be talking some baseball himself along with college football. Huge con uh, contributions from Adam with VEASAN's college football betting guide. He talked about making your own power ratings. So we'll kind of pick his brain more so about that, talk about other college football bets that he likes, and furthermore. And then furthermore, in the show, 45 minutes from now, we will conclude our assessment with the AFC West Honing in on the Las Vegas Raiders. Could see some value with Derek Carr and company. I'll tell you what I'm thinking with Las Vegas in 45 minutes. But sticking in the NFL, like we said briefly, the big news, in case you missed it today, came around Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. He is going to be suspended six games. There was some sentiment that it could have been the whole season. 
I guess they were pleading for six to eight, and it looks like it's going to end up being six games for Deshaun Watson. So uh, you look at this Browns team, you know they have talent, right? You picked up Cooper. You did lose a couple of guys, OBJ, obviously, throughout the midst of last season, and then Jarvis Landry to the Saints. But you still have Nick Chubb. You still have a good offensive line, and you still have a very solid defense. But can Jacoby Brissett suffice in the meantime when Deshaun Watson is out? Again, that's six games. But the good news I would say for Cleveland is that uh, about four of those six games are very, very winnable. And I won't go too deep into it because we're going to wait till we get into the AFC North. But basically, your first four weeks, Carolina, the Jets, the Steelers, and then the Falcons. Those are some of the worst teams throughout the National Football League. So the Browns kind of get the benefit of the doubt. But even still, look, I mean, you know, you're at Carolina week one. You're at Atlanta week four. I don't know. I mean, Jacoby Brissett is serviceable, but I wouldn't say he puts you over the top necessarily. But I don't know. It's kind of tough to get a gauge on this Browns team as of this moment. Their win total is at 9.5, finally posted at Bat Rivers. The over plus 103, the under is minus 125. I kind of find it difficult to trust this Browns team to get to 10 wins just because of all the distractions, even when Deshaun Watson is implemented this season. To make the playoffs, the odds, the yes, even money, no minus 121. So again, just wanted to update you on that and show you where those odds have moved at Bet Rivers. But I'm actually really excited to get into the AFC North. We'll probably begin that tomorrow. But like we said, we'll focus in on closing out the AFC West later tonight here on Rush Hour. Uh, let's transition. Let's go to baseball next because I do have one play tonight and I wanted to get it off right away. And we're going to go back to the well, betting the New York Yankees. So on Friday night, we took their team total over five runs. And I'm looking at my phone Friday night and I see they have about three runs. And I think they were trailing like five to three at that point. And then it was a rain delay in the eighth inning, and then they come back, and, well, thankfully they did because the Yankees end up scoring eight runs and were able to get our bet to cash in. So that was a kind of wild, maybe undeserving, but we'll take it kind of winner, right? And uh, I'm thinking we can get another good spot with the Yankees this evening, though. So uh, they're taking on the Seattle Mariners, and the Mariners were one of the hottest teams in baseball heading into the All-Star break. And that hasn't been the same story in the second half of the season. And they are currently a sizable underdog, plus 163 against the Bronx Bombers. And the Yankees now minus 195 with a total at 9. A little bit of juice to the over, minus 118. So Julio Rodriguez will not be in the lineup last I saw. I've been dealing with that injury, I believe, on his hands. So that's going to be a huge miss for this Mariners squad. And again, the Mariners... Not doing too hot. They just lost their last three out of four at Houston, whereas the Yankees just won their last three out of four versus Kansas City. Domingo Herman, he will be taking the bump for New York. So he's only started two games this year, and it's been really two rough spots for him, rough in the sense of his opponents. His first start, he had to go to Houston on the road. He only went three innings, allowed six hits, five earned runs. They lost seven to five. It's kind of a tough spot to throw him into. And then you went against the Mets on the road, 4.2 innings pitch, five hits, two earned runs, and seven strikeouts. So better, but still a very tough environment to throw him into. They ended up losing that game 3-2 to two to the Yankees. So both two tough teams that were the first couple of starts he had, and both on the road. I know the Mets not too much on the road, but you get my point. So this will be his first game at home at Yankee Stadium this season, 
And it's going to be a little bit more of a favorable spot because you're missing a big piece in the Mariners lineup and you're going against the Seattle offense that, again, has been really slow out of the gates in the second half. So despite him not having the best numbers to begin his 2022 campaign, I'm thinking he can pick things up tonight. He is 1-0 with a 3.60 ERA and two career appearances against the Mariners. And really not that many players throughout their lineup have gotten that deep of a sample size against Vermont. So I'm thinking Domingo could have a slight advantage here. Now on the side of Seattle, you're getting Marco Gonzalez taking the bump. He's a southpaw. He's 6-10 this year with an ERA of 3.66. But then you look at his FIP, which we always want to kind of consult before we determine how we're going to bet a pitcher or a team. So his ERA 366, big difference here with his FIP at 506. Nothing you want to trust there. And his Sierra also in the fives, 515 to be exact. His whip a little high, 135. He's got a home run to fly ball ratio of 12%. Remember, you want to be sub 10%. He's only striking out 4.8 batters per nine innings while walking about three per nine innings. That's a terrible strikeout to walk ratio. And if you thought it couldn't get any worse, well, his numbers are horrendous on the road he, where he's got a 5.40 FIP, so it even gets worse in his overall numbers. At home, he's got a 485 FIP, but on the road, it gets much worse. And we know playing the Yankees in general ain't anything easy, and it's not going to get any simpler once you go to Yankee Stadium with a team that really just dominates at home and then more so against lefties. So the Yankees against Southpaws at home have an 808 OPS they got a WOBA of 347, and then their WRC Plus is as high as 128. Outstanding numbers from the Yankees. As for Seattle, look, they're pretty consistent across the board. They're not going to wow you, but they're pretty strong numbers just in comparison to what the Yankees have. It's just not that great. So the Yankees versus righties, or pardon me, the Mariners versus righties overall this season they have an OPS of 695, which is not going to boost any confidence in any better. They got a WOBA of 307, which is fine. And they got a weighted runs created plus of 104. Again, fine. But in comparison to the 347 WOBA and the 128 weighted runs created plus for the Yankees, it's not, again, motivating you to look at the side of the Mariners. And we have seen the market reflect that because the Yankees opened up minus 170. And as I mentioned, now the Yankees are up to minus 195. Bullpen-wise, you know the Yankees have an outstanding bullpen. 2.92 ERA with a 113 whip. The Mariners, they have an okay bullpen. 3.57 ERA with a 112 whip. But now that the Yankees are up to minus 195, which I'm not denying that they should be a sizable favorite here. Maybe not that big with Herman on the bump. But I don't want to lay that price. It's too steep. We talk about this all the time. So that will take us into the route of the run line. And right now at Bet Rivers, you can get the Yankees minus one and a half at plus 110. Earlier today, I saw it at about plus 112. So I ended up taking the bet on that. I don't want to lay that steep of a price with the Yankees. I know we've gotten screwed with the run line monster a few times this year. So hopefully we can avoid it. And hopefully the Yankees can give us a nice, comfortable win. And Herman can have a quality start. That's what I'm banking on tonight. So my official play on the diamond, we're rolling with the Yankees on the run line at plus 112. Right now it's plus 110. Still think that's a good selection on the board. So like I said, only game that really stood out to me, and I did talk about it earlier today on the Chicago City cast, that White Sox-Royals game if you wanted some other betting interest. I kind of thought that the White Sox were a little bit overpriced. And when I was handicapping this, because now this switches things, it was going to be Brad Keller taking the bump 
Now they're switching to a southpaw. Typically not good when you go against the White Sox. Daniel Lynch, the lefty, will be taking the mound for the Royals. So that affected the line because the White Sox originally opened minus 179 at Bet Rivers. Then the market moved away from them. I saw the White Sox move down to minus 165, and rightfully so. I mean, you're going against a righty. They've been better against righties the past month, but overall still not as good as they've been against lefties. And they're just that was just way too big of a line to trust with Kopech and this White Sox team. So then you saw the news of Lynch come out, and now the line goes back toward the White Sox because we know they're one of the best offenses when it comes to hitting southpaws. So now Chicago is up to minus 177, and you're getting the Royals plus 150. Hotter day here in the Windy City. Wind was blown out a little bit to center field, so the total opened eight and a half, and now it's ticked up to nine. A little bit of juice to the under, minus 112, but I would think it would be a higher scoring game, and I would think the White Sox would be the large contributor to those runs because, again, Lynch, lefty in the first place, and furthermore, he just doesn't have the greatest numbers as of this point in the season with a FIP of 4.23. So the White Sox should win this game, in my opinion. It doesn't really mean I want to trust them because, well, Kopech can really be volatile. Even though he did come through for us at Coors Field last week, the White Sox always just get in these weird modes when they play at home. I know they just took two out of three against Oakland, but you saw what happened in that first game with Lance Lynn pitching. Long story short, I don't want to lay that big of a price with the White Sox tonight. I do think they win. I don't trust their bullpen enough to look at the run line at plus 123. Maybe consider something in-game if you get a better price and the Royals are able to keep it close. That would be my thoughts for maybe betting something on the south side tonight. Like I said, though, one official play, we are going with the Yankees on the run line for our lone play throughout Major League Baseball. We'll get more plays in baseball. Stick with us because Mike Palm, co-host of Odds On, will have plenty of baseball action to talk about next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. 
Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion that's centered around your local teams, remember that Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that have designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. And you've got these city casts available in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, out on the West Coast in Los Angeles, then the East Coast of New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. So make sure you subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available, and you'll be set up with multiple episodes a week, along with great local sports betting content. Welcome back to Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host. We're going to kick it out now to Las Vegas, where we're lucky enough to be joined by Mike Palm, co-host of Odds On, right here on the network. And you can follow him on Twitter at Mike Palm Circa. Mike, I know it's uh, it's been an exciting couple of days here. Well, it, rather more so it's been an exciting just day, I guess, in terms of Major League Baseball. I know you love betting it. I love betting it. And now we're finally seeing these transactions come to fruition today. And I kind of just wanted to see if any of these moved the needle for you, right? I mean, we saw Hayter going to the Padres, Frankie Montas to the Yankees, Mancini to the Astros. Which of those really stood out to you or could make the most immediate impact? The Montas to the Yankees is an interesting one because – I still think that in the playoffs, you're going to need a four-man rotation, and he's probably going to be uh, an anchor to that. I know your poll is your number one. Uh, Herman was still a question mark, nor Cortez, no uh, experience. I'm not a big Jordan Montgomery guy. Uh, so I like that the Yankees move. Mancini to the Astros is great, too. I'm not sold on the Padres move. Uh, I think they gave up a lot to get Hader. Uh, I think you traded two closers that were having issues. Obviously, Hader started out the year like he wasn't going to give up an earned run, and then he's had a lot of trouble uh, in the last two months. Uh, and, and, you know, Rogers, who, who absolutely dominated in April and May, featuring a 96-mile-an-hour fastball, suddenly lost all confidence in that, uh, and, and just everybody sitting on that slider. So 
I think you gave up a big haul, though. You give up a match. I, I thought Yemi Garcia, uh, Garcia could have been the closer for the Padres. Uh, I know he doesn't have that closing experience, but, boy, the guy's throwing 101, 102 consistently. He's been their best reliever uh, throughout the course of the season, I think. And I think they gave up a lot. I mean, when it all comes down to this, what what you gave up? You gave up you gave up Pagan, Panic, Lamet to get Hader. I mean, if you combine the two trades with Minnesota and Milwaukee. So I know I and some Padre fans are excited about Hader going to San Diego. I'm, I'm, I'm just not seeing it yet. But we'll see. Time will tell. I think they're definitely going to be a playoff team right now. So. Maybe haters what they need uh, to get them over the hump, especially in a three-game uh, three-game wild card series. Yeah, for sure, and, and I do think you're right. They gave up a big haul, but I guess that's what you figured uh, Milwaukee was going to get back in return for a name like Hater, even though he has been struggling a little bit as at this point in the year. But you're right, maybe he could turn things around, and that could help boost them come playoff time. Now, of course, with Milwaukee, you're losing a huge asset, assuming that he would be in his normal kind of stature that he has been for so many years out there on the bump. And Milwaukee's in a tight race, Mike. I mean, they're three games up on St. Louis, and they're a big favorite out here in Illinois. Bet Rivers minus 245, and the Cardinals now plus 190. Does that move almost intrigue you more so to look at St. Louis, or do you think it could be a good thing for Milwaukee right away? I, I thought Williams can close for them anyhow. So if Rodgers isn't right, I mean, Williams has been terrific uh, for Milwaukee. So I don't know that this is a big downgrade for Milwaukee. If they can figure out how to use Lamette. I mean, the guy was lights out the first three innings every time he started when they used him as a starter. I always thought they could have converted him to be an eighth or ninth inning guy because the first time through the lineup, that slider's unhittable. But then the second time through, he'd start hanging it late third, early fourth inning as a starter. So then they sent him down to AAA this year. Um, I'm still waiting if the Cardinals are going to are gonna cash in on Juan Soto here. I mean, it seems like it's Padres, the Cardinals, maybe Dodgers, and that's the last real big piece to fall here. So, I mean, if the Cardinals get Soto, I think that changes things. But as it stands, I still think you got to give the edge to the Brewers. 240, 220, probably around the right price. All right. Hey, Mike, before we move on to some football, uh, any game you like on the slate tonight that stood out to you, or is this kind of just a pass type of day for you? I don't know. I didn't think there was anything really compelling tonight. Uh, I mean, Scherzer should be a should be a layup against Corbin. How do you want to play the game? Do you want to parlay it? I actually like your socks tonight against Brad Keller uh, with Kopesh. I thought that price was a little bit cheap. Uh, and then the other game I thought the price was a little bit off on, doesn't say I'm going to bet it, is I thought John Gray was a little bit heavy against the Orioles, uh, being close to $1.60. Those were the three games that I'd look at. Um, not sure. Maybe I'll parlay the White Sox uh, with the Mets. I'm, I'm not sure yet. So speaking of the White Sox, Mike, and I didn't see it till I just got in here to the sports book, but uh, they scratched Keller, and it looks like Lynch, the southpaw now, is going to be pitching uh, for the Royals. The line moved back naturally toward the White Sox. Does that make you like him even more going up against the lefty? No, I like I like, I like, yeah, against the lefty, but the, the line moved there because I thought it was a decent line against Keller, uh, who, who's had a lot of losses on the season. You know, Keller's a guy back in first five unders a lot, so. You know, I don't want to lay. Well, what's it up to now? Is it over a dollar seventy, dollar seventy-five, Danny? Yeah, one seventy-seven is what we're seeing right yeah. now. Yeah, I, if I took it, I'd probably have to play him on the run line against the left-hander. Although that'd be a decent yeah. price at home. 
Yeah, plus 120 on the run line. Yep. You always got to trust that Sox bullpen, but you're right. I think it is still a favorable spot for Chicago tonight against the Royals. Hey, Mike, I know we uh, love talking plenty of baseball, but we're finally in August. We're getting close to the start of the football season. How are things shaping up for the football contests out there at Circa? Well, we're, we're doing all right. You know, it, 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 the pace has picked up. Of course, it all comes down to the last two weeks, but we've got close to 2,000 entries between the two, between Survivor and Millions, with Survivor really leading the way, close to 1,100 now, and uh, Millions, too, has about 750. You know, we got a lot of guys uh, uh, sharp in our sports department, and they predict with all these different drafts what we're going to end up with. They're convinced Survivor is going to exceed the 6,000 this year and get closer to 7,000. Maybe the millions will come in a little under under 5,000, which would mean we'd still have the overlay in the millions. But it's interesting if this Survivor could get to 7,000. There wouldn't be an overlay, but boy, you'd have 7 million guarantee and then that million dollar bonus possible. So what, what a contest that would be to be involved with. No kidding. Yeah, and especially last year. I mean, it was so thrilling to see everything come down with the Survivor and talking to some of the people or just everybody on VEASAN speculating how you would play it with the strategy. And, man, that's going to be a blast this year. And, hey, Mike, before we get you out of here, my man, uh, last thing on football, Deshaun Watson, we heard the news, six games, he will be suspended. Did that affect your lines a decent amount? Had you already posted them? Really, what did that uh, alter throughout your sportsbook operations? Well, you know, the assumption was always that he was he was going to get something close to a year. So you have to adjust down on Cleveland a little bit and make them a little bit shorter. It, you know, and, and if you look at the beginning of their schedule, Danny, I mean, they with Jacoby Brissett, they could probably still end up four and two, maybe three and three. Uh, and with Watson coming back for the game at Baltimore. So you have to you have to shorten them a little bit in the market. Uh, we'll see if people come in. We haven't taken any any uh, max bets on win total or division odds yet based off of the news today. I think people might wait to see if either side appeals the, the former federal judge's ruling um, before you see much action. But uh, just naturally knowing that he's most likely only going to miss six games, I think at a maximum makes Cleveland a little more viable. Absolutely. Well, hey, Mike, appreciate you making some time as always. I know you got an incredibly busy schedule this time of year, but thank you for making time and best of luck with whatever you end up betting, especially if you got to sweat out the White Sox tonight, my man. All right. Thank you. Good luck to all your Chicago teams, Kenny. You got it. Much appreciated. Mike Palm, folks, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Mike Palm Circa and catch him co-hosting Odds On right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. They're covering everything from college football to NFL, baseball, and I know the boys love betting tennis. And speaking of tennis, ladies and gentlemen, don't you forget you can get a huge profit boost right now at Bet River Sportsbook. They're serving up big wins, right? They got their new weekly profit boost on all tennis wagers. Visit BetRivers.com or Download the Bet River Sportsbook app, and every Wednesday you will receive a 20% profit boost on any tennis wager. That's right. Go ahead, log in every Wednesday, and automatically receive a 20% profit boost. And now, not only that, you can even live stream your favorite tennis players right from the Bet Rivers app. Heat up your summer with the Bet River Sportsbook app. It's a whole new game. So that's what they got cooking, folks. Don't forget about the Bet Rivers tennis portion. We know it was a blast throughout this summer, and we still got a little bit of time before we get into the football conversation. But, hey, we'll continue that football conversation coming next because VEASAN's betting analyst Adam Burke, 
huge contributions like we were saying to VEASAN's college football betting guide. Let's kind of get into it a little bit more so with him next segment, right? He talked about building your own power ratings. He had his top teams that he would look for win totals and conference futures. So we'll ask him a little bit more about that. And then furthermore, we'll talk some more baseball. You know Adam's doing his baseball write-ups every single day. So we'll see what games stood out to him on tonight's slate. So that's going to be coming next. And then at the end of the show, we'll still be hitting a tad bit more football. Our conclusion of the AFC West. How about those Las Vegas Raiders? Can they get the double-digit wins? Can they make the playoffs? That will all be discussed. A couple more segments here on Rush Hour. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. The College Football Guide is out right now. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of all 131 teams, which includes team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations, plus our best season win total bets, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff predictions. It's the only way to get access to this year's football betting guide, and that's by becoming a decent all-access subscriber. Sign up early. For a discounted $175, you'll receive the college and pro football betting guides along with full decent access all the way through the Super Bowl. Or you could join us for $40 a month and see everything VEASAN has to up your betting game. So go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Alrighty, folks. Well, speaking of that college football betting guide, we are fortunate to have one of the big contributors on with us right now, Adam Burke at Skating Tripods, where you can follow him on the tweets. Adam, a pleasure as always, my man. Thanks for making some time. I know it's uh, like I was saying with Mike Palm last segment, we're getting to that busy season. So always appreciate everybody kind of making a little bit of a little bit of time here to talk some more info in terms of betting football and whatever we got going on, because I know we'll talk some baseball too. But, you know, that college football betting guide, you had such a great section, not necessarily just on, hey, I think this team's going to be great or that team's going to be underrated, whatever it is in those kind of categories. But you really offered some very useful tools into helping bettors make their own power ratings. If you could kind of get into that a little bit deeper so everybody listening or watching can know what to expect out of what you put into the guide revolving around that. Yeah, so it's a very basic set of power ratings, something that I've done for probably about, I don't know, seven or eight years now that I kind of learned from some of my mentors in the business growing up. And like I said, it's a very basic power rating. It's just taking a look at the position groups for the teams rating them on a basically 40 to 100 scale using quarterback, running back, wide receiver, the offensive and defensive lines, linebackers, defensive backs, and then coaching and special teams where it's a little bit of a weighted system. Quarterbacks are worth 15, up to 15 points, offensive and defensive lines up to 15 points, and then coaching and special teams up to 15 points. So I just kind of look at conference strength, look at national strength, look at you know the depth that a team has. Obviously, you want to look for their star players as well. But I put together a power rating for a team, and that's how I create my numbers. I apply my home field advantage numbers to the mix. Whatever the difference is between the two teams, that's the line on a neutral field. Then I bring home field advantage into the equation. So it gives me a line. It gives me an idea of where I think the spread should be on a game. And it's also a really nice set of basically checks and balances, for lack of a better term, so that I'm not over or under rating or over or undervaluing teams early on in the season 
based on one or two performances kind of keeps me grounded a little bit to do all that preseason research. Right. Like, so it kind of eliminates that recency bias, I feel like, is what you're alluding to. And, you know, that's certainly something us betters always have to try to avoid, especially early on in football seasons. And when it comes to adjusting your power ratings, if you do it even that often, is it only if it's something kind of monumental, maybe a big injury or if a team is just consistently looking bad? Like, what does it take for you to have to alter those at whatever point in the year? Yeah, so I look on a weekly basis, and, and for me, it's a three-step process. And the first step is I compare my number to the closing number because I don't want to be that far off the closing number. That's a very efficient line that everyone was betting into throughout the course of the week. There's a reason why the line settled there. So I'll compare the line that I had on the game to the closing line and make adjustments accordingly. Now, sometimes I might be off six points on a closing line, and then I have to decide, do I move both teams three points? Do I move one team two points and one team four points? I try to figure out which team I was wrong about and then try to correct them a little bit quicker than I would correct the other team. The second thing is to go through and do box score study. Was a game minus four in turnovers? You know, was there a quarterback injury in the middle of the game? Something like that. Why did the game play out the way that it did? And the third step is, and this is this can be challenging with college football, is to try and find injury information. Try to find out who got hurt. Are they important? You know, maybe a team lost their star left tackle. Maybe that's something the market won't account for right away. So I try to look for those things, make my adjustments accordingly, and then set my numbers for the following week. And in fact, I'll set my numbers for the next week before the games are even played, just to, as you mentioned, eliminate some of that recency bias that's in the equation. I like it. Awesome stuff. And I know you're going to have some more things to kind of produce out there here at VEASAN uh, this upcoming week. Correct me if I'm wrong. Point spread weekly, you'll have a little bit more in-depth info in your approach to betting college football. Yeah, and again, I mean, this is my process. This is my opinion. This is what works for me. Power ratings are not an exact science because everyone's going to kind of rate everything a little bit differently. It's the same thing with my home field advantage calculations, and I'll publish my process and the home field numbers that I have for all 131 teams in Point Spread Weekly this week. I'll talk about you know how I got to those numbers, what I used. And again, you may find flaws with my process. You may not like my process. You may love my process, but the idea is information sharing, trying to help people get better, try to help people sort of advance the way that they handicap. And if it's doing something different than what I do, that's perfectly fine. But I'll put it out there for everyone to see. And then you can decide, you know, whatever works best for you as a reader and as a listener. Awesome. Well, hey, Adam, I know you're doing great work with college football, but you've been doing excellent things with baseball this entire season. And today we've had a lot of transactions. And, you know, I was asking Mike Palm about this. Did any of them move the needle for him? And really the, the main three, of course, Montas going to the Yankees, Mancini going to the Astros, Hader to the Padres. Out of those three, did any of those move the needle for you, whether it was the team receiving that player or the team dishing him out? Well, you know, obviously three really interesting trades and, and the Montas one did have a little bit of a ripple effect out in the marketplace where I know some sports books did move the Yankees down a little bit, getting Frankie Montas. And in fact, they put Luis Severino on the 60 day IL here just before we started the segment. So he'll be out until at least mid September made sense for them to go out there and get Montas, get another arm. The one that I think is really, really interesting too. actually, the first is one that just happened a few minutes ago. Uh, the Houston Astros acquired catcher Christian Vasquez from Boston. So it looks like Boston will be a seller here at the trade deadline. That was kind of a question that everybody had. But the the Padres and Brewers swap with Josh Hader and Taylor Rogers 
really fascinating deal. Milwaukee yeah. is a very small market team. They have very strict financial constraints. They've actually stretched their budget a little bit here of late, and I give them a lot of credit for that. But they were going to owe Hader a lot of money next year in his final year of arbitration. So they went out there and traded from a position of strength with their bullpen to get a really interesting pitcher in Denilson Lamont. They get Rodgers. We'll see if they can fix him. But Estuary Ruiz is a really interesting player for them going forward, along with Robert Gasser. I really trust what Milwaukee's doing. I'm a big believer in David Stearns. I like this deal for them. Even though it sounds crazy to be three games up in the division and give away maybe the best reliever in baseball when he's healthy and going right, but I think this is a smart move in the short term and the long term for the Brewers, and I give them a lot of credit for making it. Okay, well, hey, speaking of short term, I know you got one game you're looking to get involved with tonight, Adam. So before we get you out of here, uh, again, I think it's this Orioles-Rangers game that you're looking at. We talk about Trey Mancini, no longer part of the team, and his former squad, the Orioles, now plus 148. This seems to be drawing some interest to you, my friend. Yeah, and this is a line right in the immediate aftermath of the Mancini trade that went up a little bit. So I'm kind of sitting on a bad number for this one. But I do like the Orioles tonight. Just a, a big plus money price for them where, yeah, John Gray has been great for the Rangers. There's no doubt about that. But Spencer Watkins has been very effective for Baltimore as well. And if I'm getting Baltimore in a close, low-scoring game, totals seven and a half or eight with under juice here. So the expectations for a low-scoring game. Baltimore may have the best bullpen in baseball. I'm hoping they don't trade any of their relievers before the game actually gets going. But you know they have a very, very good bullpen. The Rangers have a below-average bullpen in a lot of ways. They're 5-23 and 23 in one-run games. They don't like these close, tight, low-scoring affairs. Baltimore kind of thrives in them. And, and Baltimore's a team four games over 500 against anybody outside the American League East. So I figured the Orioles were worth a shot today. I wish they hadn't pulled the Mancini deal because that's a very emotional thing for everybody in that clubhouse. But that's the risk you take with the trade deadline. And, and to be honest with you, Danny, I won't bet anything tomorrow. I will not bet any games on the card tomorrow. I'll be doing the trade deadline live blog over at vsin.com. It's just too many moving parts, too many emotional things, too many times you can get tied into a bad number because somebody gets traded and all of a sudden they're out of the lineup. So I think trade deadline day should be a league-wide off day. It's not, but it'll be an off day for me from a betting standpoint. Hey, Adam, then really quick, uh, you know, my beloved Cubbies, they're going to be sellers. Where do you think Contreras and Hap end up? No chance they stay with the Cubs, right? Well, I mean, at this point, one of the teams that was a really good fit for Wilson Contreras just got their catcher with the Houston Astros getting Christian Vasquez. So at this point in time, I think Wilson Contreras to the Mets is, is maybe yeah. the most obvious fit remaining out there. So I think Contreras goes to the Mets. I will say this. There are 29 teams that would love to have Ian Happ. So I don't know where he's going to end up going. He feels like kind of a Tampa Bay Rays type of player uh, just because he's so versatile, can play six different positions and above average hitter. Uh, but he'll go somewhere and, and there are a lot of suitors for him. So Chicago should do pretty well in that deal. There are. We'll see what happens. Hopefully uh, the Cubs can stop being sellers at the deadline. But you got to build up from somewhere. Tomorrow could be the start of it. Adam, thank you for making some time as always, buddy, and best luck with your play tonight. Have a good one, Danny. You got it. Adam Burke at Skating Tripods on Twitter. Remember to catch him. All his contributions to the College Football Betting Guide and Point Spread Weekly this week. More football action as we conclude another edition of Rush Hour. Let's look at the Las Vegas Raiders.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Rush Hour on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Want more betting insights to help give you an edge? Well, make sure you're checking out VSN's Best Bets podcast. And there, you can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24 7 stream of VSN experts who are helping you track line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sports books not only out in Las Vegas, but across the entire country. So go ahead and download the Beeson Best Bets podcast right now at Beeson.com slash podcast. That's com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts available. All righty. Welcome back to it. 
show's Rush Hour. I'm Danny Burke, your host. Remember, you can always follow along on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 As for VEASAN, the sports betting network, at VEASAN Live on the tweets. So it is our final segment, and like we've been doing for the past month, spending this final segment previewing the NFL, previewing team by team, division by division, final team throughout this respective division, the AFC West. Let's jump into it. We've got the Las Vegas Raiders to look forward to this year. A pretty... I don't want to say star-studded, but, you know, they got some talent on this squad. They're kind of just shafted because they're in the toughest division in football. That doesn't mean they won't have potentially a good opportunity to make the playoffs, right? Well, last year they did. They ended with a 10-7 and record, second in the division. What happened in the offseason? Did they get better? Well, if you think that hiring Josh McDaniels makes them better, then I guess he could nod your head yes. We'll see what he can do with that offense in Las Vegas, his second go-around as a head coach. Probably can't be as bad as the first time. Keyword, probably. Uh, they bring in Devontae Adams, arguably the best receiver in the National Football League. Demarcus Robinson, a speedy receiver from Kansas City. They lost a couple draft picks, right, to Green Bay. They did not pick until the third round of the draft, but it looked like they built their trenches trenches, excuse me, on both sides of the ball. Otherwise, you got Darren Waller hopefully going to be healthy. Josh Jacobs hopefully going to be healthy. Renfro still being an absolute stud out there on the field. Can he get the defense to improve? If you can get just somewhat of an, I guess, just average or slightly above average defense, this team could definitely compete with anybody. And I know Derek Carr catches a lot of crap left and right, and maybe sometimes rightfully so, but honestly, maybe not. I mean, this guy is really great at padding his stats, at least. Can he close out these games, and can he do it in a tough division? That's going to be the big question here. He's got the help. Maybe he's got the good play caller now. As tough as the division is, this could be his year. But, hey, if you do think they end up winning the division, they're plus 650 right now at Bet Rivers. If you think they come in second, it's plus 370. If you think they come in third, it's plus 255. And if you think they do finish last in the division, it's plus 120. Their odds to make the playoffs, this bet is very, very intriguing to me. The yes is plus 185. The no is minus 230 with the Raiders. Now, you could really have three teams out of the AFC West make the postseason, right? I mean, you get the division winner, and then you get two of the wildcard teams, whether it's, say, the Chargers win the division and then the Chiefs and the Raiders, something like that. I don't know. I, I'm just saying I wouldn't be shocked. The other wildcard team could come out of the AFC North. I think the Raiders at plus 185 could be worth a, worth a consideration there. I mean, maybe you could wait, see if they struggle at the beginning of the year and then get a better number. But that one, I don't hate the idea of taking the yes on that. Uh, their win total at Bet Rivers, 8.5. The over is minus 114, and the under is minus 107 for the Las Vegas Raiders. Let's get into it, though, categorizing their winnable, losable, and toss-up games for the upcoming year. Beginning with their winnable games, I think Week 2 versus Arizona is a winnable game. No DeAndre Hopkins. Beginning of the year, you get them at home. I know that I'm typically a little bit higher on Arizona and big fan of Kyler Murray, but again, you're still missing DeAndre Hopkins, and Cliff Kingsbury still has to prove that he can turn it around once again at the beginning of the season, and then he'll inevitably falter in the latter half. But I do like the Raiders in that game. Week 7 is the next game you have to go to for a winnable spot for Las Vegas. It is post-bye week for them, and you get the Texans at home. Then week 9, you are on the road, but at least it's against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, at that point, you're hoping that the Raiders are a pretty steady, confident team that can take advantage of these lesser opponents despite it being on the road. So to me, at this point, that's a winnable game for Las Vegas. 
Same with Week 12 at Seattle. The Seahawks don't have a quarterback as of this moment. They're going to be an underdog in damn near every game. Week 15, you get the Patriots at home. I'm not that high in New England this season. Yes, Mac Jones was a very serviceable quarterback, did everything he was asked to do pretty much last year, but the Patriots did nothing in the offseason to wow me. You're going to Las Vegas. The Raiders do have a better roster than you and a better quarterback. Week 16 at Pittsburgh. Speaking of better quarterbacks, the Steelers do not have the better quarterback or quarterbacks in that game. Neither Mitch Trubisky nor Kenny Pickett would I take over Derek Carr. I know that going to Pittsburgh isn't the easiest environment, but I still think that the Raiders are the better team. Then week 17, you get Trey Lance, well, presumably Trey Lance, at home against, uh, or you get the 49ers and Trey Lance at home against the Raiders. And yeah, that late in the season, I know both are probably going to be fighting for their playoff lives, but again, I think Derek Carr is the better quarterback. I'm not that high in Trey Lance. I'm not convinced on him until I see otherwise, so I'll give the slight advantage to the Raiders there. Yeah, give me Las Vegas over the 49ers. So throughout that group, it's about seven winnable games for Las Vegas. What about their losable games, though? The games that they're probably going to be an underdog and have the least likely chance to win. I think that's going to be week one at Los Angeles against the Chargers. Yes, it's week one. Yes, the Chargers do not have the biggest home field advantage, and you may split with them, but if there's one you could lose, why not have it be that one? Week 5 at Kansas City, same deal there. Week 11 at Denver against the Broncos, you're prob at best you're going to split with your division opponents, right? You're presumed to be the bottom team, so best-case scenario, you can split with each of them, a realistic best-case scenario, and the games that you're probably going to lose are going to be at their home field. Then week 14, you're on the road against the Rams. Again, not the biggest home field advantage, but by that point, like we've been saying, the Rams hopefully overcoming their Super Bowl hangover, and they do have a better team and coaching staff than you. So that's going to be a losable game for the Raiders. You got four losable games. Toss-up games, the 50-50 spots. Week three at Tennessee. Now, I know it's early, but I feel like this is going to be a big tell to what kind of squad you got out of Las Vegas, what kind of grit and toughness they possess, because Tennessee is going to run it down your mouth. You know that. They're tough. Frable always has his guys playing tough. And I'm not that high on Tennessee, but still, earlier in the year, it's going to tell a lot about this Raiders squad. So that's a 50-50 spot. And then against the Broncos, yeah, I mean, Denver probably, it's tough. It's tough to say, but I guess I'd give them the slight advantage on just an overall team because their defense is a little bit better than you presumably right now. So, um, again, you know, ideally you can split with these teams, but it's still going to be a 50-50 spot. Same with Week 18 versus Kansas City. Who knows if the Chiefs have that spot settled. And even though you're probably due to get at least one game against them, it's still 50-50 because it wouldn't shock me if you lost both to them. Wouldn't shock me if you lost both to Denver. Wouldn't shock me if you lost both to the Chargers. So Week 13 versus Los Angeles, also going to be a 50-50 game. But before that, Week 8 at New Orleans. We talk about the Saints, and I was tempted to bet they're over. Uh, man, I mean, they have some talent, but do they have enough talent in the quarterback position? And can their new coaching staff get the job done? So going to Superdome, not easy. Week 8 at New Orleans, that's a 50-50. You are, well, you probably should be a better team, but honestly, I think that's probably as close to a 50-50 as you'll get. Week 10 versus the Colts, you should probably win that game if you're Las Vegas, but I am higher on the Colts this year like a lot of people are, so I'll consider that a 50-50 spot. All in all, though, you got a lot more winnable games and 50-50 spots for Las Vegas. I know they're at the bottom of the division, but really you would think they only got better this offseason as long as Derek Carr doesn't have this team shooting itself in the foot 
and with the expectation that the defense can't be much worse and that Josh McDaniels just can't be as bad as he was his first head coaching stint, this team, in my eyes, can get to nine wins for sure. I have them at about nine and eight. Now, the difference here of how their season's going to go naturally is if they can split with, you know, two out of the three other teams, meaning, you know, with the Chargers, Chiefs, and Broncos, if two out of those three teams, they can at least split with two of those teams, this squad can definitely get over eight and a half wins. I could foresee that happening without a doubt. We mentioned week three at Tennessee. That's going to be a big determination of how this season goes. And I think the other big spot is going to be week eight at New Orleans. But there's a lot of favorable spots on the schedule for this Raiders team. And think about all the adversity they overcame last year. If you can just be somewhat more stable than that with better talent coming in, this Raiders team, despite being in a tough division, could be set up to get over their win total of eight and a half. Like I said, also, something I might come back to before the season starts, their odds to make the playoffs. Best number in Illinois, the yes, plus 185 at Bat Rivers. That one, very, very tempting. But, yeah, high expectations coming out of Las Vegas. Let's see what they could come up with this year. All right, folks, that's going to about do it for another edition of Rush Hour. In case you missed it at the beginning of the program, we did have one play in baseball tonight. This game's about to start in about 10 minutes. Out on the East Coast, we've got the Yankees taking on the Mariners. Herman, his third start this year. He needs a quality one, folks, and we're hoping that that can come to fruition. We took the Yankees on the run line, minus 1.5 at plus 112. Hoping that they can take advantage against Gonzalez and this Mariners team that is a little bit banged up and slacking in the offensive department. So let's go, Yankees. Cover that run line. Hopefully you make it comfortable for us. Best of luck with whatever you're playing tonight. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of Rush Hour. And until tomorrow, take care, folks. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.